0: Hello and good morning. How are you doing today, Michael?
1: Hi, Arrow. I am doing well, sir. Thank you.
0: What an amazing book. And I mean that in so many different ways because there are many grown men and women that need to read this book so they can go back and learn more about their own teen years, those growing years, those years of question, and maybe put some things back together that they've just kind of written off. I mean, this this book is for so many different people.
1: I tried to make it that way because you're exactly right there you know you forget things as you grow older and you sometimes forget what it was like to be that age and I think we need to be reminded occasionally
0: now the cover itself and you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover but it does get your attention right away every star that falls sequel to the acclaimed novel suicide notes now you know what people are going to see first and they're going to go oh I've been there or they're going to say "I, I would never touch that but then they will because it serves as a brilliant invitation
1: Thank you. I mean, that, that was the struggle or challenge with Suicide Notes when it came out 15 years ago. People either loved the title or hated the title.
0: Mm-hmm. There was no
1: in between on that one.
0: So now when, when you say 15 years, I'm, I'm a daily writer. I can't go one single day without putting pen to paper. And I mean, but it, it's taken you 15 years to do this sequel. What was it doing? Was it growing? Was it maturing? What, what was it doing, that storyline inside your heart?
1: It was waiting. Uh, I don't <laughs> normally do sequels because no matter what you do, people are disappointed by what happens to the
0: characters right.
1: if they had a different idea. So I always said I wouldn't do one, but it was always there in the back. And of course, I got letter after letter after letter saying, well, what happens when Jeff, the main character, gets out of the psychiatric hospital? And so I, you know, I was doing lots of other books in between, uh, but I was also thinking about what did happen to him.
0: So now, did, did it ever leave your conscious mind in the, in the way of saying, hey, look, I'm going to walk away for a little bit, go go write your other books, but I'm going to be tapping on your shoulder every now and then. Were you taking notes at all over the past 15 years?
1: No, I, I did absolutely no wow. no planning on a sequel. I really never, ever planned on doing one. And then social media happened. And it's yeah. a strange thing for a book to live this long for 15 years. <laughs> Normally, books come and, and they go. But this book, uh, it just sold very, very steadily over 15 years. And then when social media happened, it it took off as if it was a new book. It yep. was a really wonderful thing to watch because book talk and Instagram and Twitter and all of those social media places, people were talking about it and it got a whole new life out
0: of that. But see, you know Michael, this is what I love about about your writing and you doing this because I've I've always believed in the theory that if you have not read it there's no such thing as old. These these old programs like Jack Benny and 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 and, and all these other shows that are on TV, I if I've never seen them, it's brand new. And that's what's great about your writing. It's mm-hmm. timeless. It can fit into anybody's life at any time. Well, you're absolutely right about, about things being new. And I think we forget
1: that. Like, you know, when, sometimes when new music comes out, for example, older people will say, well, well, that just sounds like so-and-so from right. when I was young." Well, of course it does, because it's new to this generation. They, they're experiencing it for the first time. They don't have all of this past memories that older people have. And so people will discover Suicide Notes, and to them it's absolutely brand new. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, wow, now people can actually go and buy both books where people who read Suicide Notes 15 years ago have had to wait all this time to find out what happens next.
0: So I would love to hear from your readers in the way who's going to read this book first, Every Star That Falls, and then they're going to go back to the first book. I mean, that would be an interesting read as well. That's like a prequel.
1: It would be interesting because the first the first book is so much. Uh, I don't want to say darker; it's not, but it's so different. You know, Jeff's experience in that book is is vastly different from what happens in Every Star That Falls. So, yeah, I I will be interested too to hear from people who read them both for the first time.
0: Books like this do amazing things. It creates conversations. And it's also one of those books that can easily become a secret read. We don't need it to be a secret read because we need people to have conversation and to be open and not in small circles.
1: Exactly. And it's funny, when Suicide Notes came out 15 years ago, I would get responses from people saying, I don't understand why anyone would be this upset about being gay. Being gay is not a big deal. And I said, well, it is. To a lot of people And I said to them As long as You know LGBTQ Young people Are attempting suicide It's a problem And as we know They are still Well yeah Attempting yeah. suicide Oh
0: my god Yeah I was just gonna say Attempting No they are I mean and The numbers are through the yeah. roof right now
1: They are. And I got a lot of um, negative comments about the title of Suicide Notes when it came out. Like, How dare you do this? How dare you write a book about a gay kid who attempts suicide? And I, again, I said, well, they are. (laughs) They are doing this. So I, I hope there's a day when we don't ever need a book like this. But right now we do. And here we are 15 years later. And as you said, I think we need it more than ever.
0: How much research goes into everything that you're writing or is this something that is moving through you by way of the universe
1: a lot of both Um, for the first book I did a lot of research into the physical uh, you know what it is what a psychiatric ward is like what would happen to somebody there and then for the sequel uh, it wasn't so much research because this book is more about you know feelings and things that general things that people go through. But the world has changed a lot in fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in the first book, there's no such thing as social media. There's no such thing as cell phones. Mm. And I was fortunate in that Jeff's been in a psychiatric hospital for the entire book, so he wouldn't have those things anyway. But now he does.
0: Can you imagine writing the first book knowing what you know today? That would be almost impossible, would it not? It would be almost impossible. And
1: I also don't think I would write it today because I think uh, it's tricky. Uh, People need different books at different times. Mm -hmm. And I think a book like Suicide Notes, if it came out now, would not be understood in the same way
0: mm, mm. you hit a hardcore subject here um, Michael in and, and that is deciding not to be what other people want you to be I have done so much on iHeartRadio about that very subject it's like the only thing that you are is what everybody else wanted you to be but you're saying deciding not to be what other people want you to be
1: yeah yeah I mean I'm 55 years old and I still struggle with that
0: yes yes
1: so I, I think what is what is expected of me. You know, even with doing these interviews and with when you know promoting yourself as an author, what do people expect of you? Who who do they think you are? Yeah. And everybody feels that way. And young people have even more pressure because you know they're trying to fit in. They want to be liked. They want to be loved. And they want to be seen. And walking around as who you really are can be absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. especially if you're in any way different from the people around you and particularly if you're different from the people in your family
0: yeah yeah the
1: black that sheep that is the hardest yep yep yeah that's when I not like- even the bl- well yeah the black sheep but just i mean imagine growing up a super liberal kid in a very conservative family, <laughs> or a conservative kid in a super liberal family, you're just, everything that's around you is telling you that you're different from the people you come from, Yep. and that is scary. Wow. So that's, uh, well, it's beyond scary. Sometimes you just think, well, I have to hide who I am.
0: Yeah, that's that's usually when I turn around and I go, "Okay, I'm the greatest actor you will ever meet. What role do you want me to play today so that we can find peace?"
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, we sometimes tell uh we are young people, you may have to wait <laughs> until you're out of the house. A- yeah. And that is I hate saying that to them, but you know, you have to you have to consider your safety first. And when considering your safety involves hiding who you are, that is not fun. I mean, I grew up in a conservative Christian family yeah. all the way through college, and that was hard for me, and it wasn't nearly as hard as it is for a lot of these young people. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. You are every bit the reason why I have created View from the Writing Instrument on iHeartRadio, because people will read your words, but they don't get to hear your voice or your story, and you have been so open with me this morning.
1: I think you have to be, especially if you're writing for young people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always amazed when I meet people who create art and they're so closed off because that is the absolute opposite of what art is supposed to do. You cannot become who you are and you cannot have the life that you're meant to have if you're not open.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to believe what I did yesterday. For the first time in my life at 61, I watched Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. That's what I want these young adults to do. <laughs> Go back and watch these yes. classics and have your own experience.
1: Yes. And lucky you, experiencing them for the first time.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hair is, hair. my cousin Chris had the, uh, the soundtrack to Hair when I was probably, I don't know how old I would have been, what, 13 or so? And it was a revelation. Yeah. And my mother would not let me listen to that kind of music. And so <laughs> I had to listen to it at other people's houses. And the other person she had, this is so random, but Nina Hagen, I don't know if you know who she is,
0: Mm-mm.
1: but she she was this East German punk rock musician who was actually thrown out of East Germany for being a punk rock musician. Oh, back God. In the <laughs> and Chris had her album, and I had never heard anything like this I grew up in a very small rural town where the radio station only played top 40 rock and roll yep and I had never heard something like this and she played me this cassette and it's like my head exploded
0: (laughs) see that's that's what's fun about talking with another creative mind is the fact that the the little things that that you know feed into who you're about to become as 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 another artist
1: yes it's absolutely those little things and it's so random it's who you encounter particularly when you're about 12 13 that's 14. It. that's it who do you encounter and I, I tell this story and this is a this is a, sounds like an aside but it's not but my best friend from when i was five we were both obsessed with kids.
0: yes right? with absolutely Kiss. yep
1: and when i was 10 years old my family moved and so stephanie and i grew up you know in different places and it's so interesting to me now to see where she ended up and where I ended up. <laughs> and I often wonder if we had stayed in that town uh, and she started sneaking off to the punk club in Washington, <laughs> D.C., and it, being exposed to that where I moved to the middle of nowhere, how would my life be different now?
0: That's your next book. That's your next book right there. <laughs> Michael, you got to come back to the <laughs> show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, sir. Oh, thanks. I would love that. Excellent. Well, you be brilliant today and keep pushing those words out there for young adults.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And you too.